1: Hello and welcome to the Keep or Cut Podcast. I'm Chad Young, joined as always by Pete Ball. As a reminder, we are a proud member of the Pictureless Podcast Network. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Make sure you subscribe, leave us ratings and reviews. You can also find us on Twitter at Keep or Cut. That's Cut With A K. You can find Pete at Pete B Baseball. You can find me at Chad Young. Always happy to talk with you about your keeper leagues, keeper decisions coming up, lots of interesting stuff, off-season trade. So hit us up with those questions. We're always happy to answer them. Today though, Pete, we are we're not friends today, Pete. We're, <laughs> we're going head to head. Yeah, we are. It's a, it's sad because
2: just so folks know, we're you know in the keeper cut listener leagues, and Chad and I co-manage a team last year, and we had some bad luck in the draft, but we ended up with a team that has like incredible keeper options, like incredible keeper options. Yeah, and we have to break up now, and. I'm taking over another team. Chad's going to stick with the original team, but we're going to draft the players today. And I'm looking at the disparity between these two teams and I got to say I think you and I did a pretty nice job because yeah. I'm looking at my board and most of my top picks are coming from our former team there.
1: Yeah, no, it's uh it's it's unfortunate this this team's being broken up because if it could have been kept together, I think we were in a really nice position to compete this year and instead it's going to be a split of like we're each going to get half of what would have been a really good set of nine keepers and half of what, what wouldn't have been actually, it's not even that we're not going to, I would guess that it's going to more something like we're each going to get six of 12 good keepers from our combined team <laughs> that we would have had to cut three of them anyways. It's true. And now we're going to, and and we're going to supplement it with three from the other side. So I don't know, it's going to make things harder, but to give a little more, background as pete said we have we have two we have three listener leagues an auto new league and two that are on fan tracks this is the roto league on fan tracks um there was a little bit of turnover in this league this league actually all the leagues had a little bit of turnover but not too much this one had the most though and in order to sort of get up and running as pete said we got to we got to split up the team and 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 work separately so what we have done is we have a list of 61 players rostered between these two teams. And we are going to do a draft. It's going to be a snake draft, which when you have two people seems kind of silly, but it basically means someone's going to go first and then we're going to alternate two picks at a time after that. And what we are doing is we are drafting these players at their keeper cost, basically. So just as an example, as I go through the 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 draft board without giving anything away because I don't want to go through the top of my draft board. But for example, (laughs) last year, Liam Hendricks was selected. I don't think we took Hendricks. Did we take Hendricks or did the other team take Hendricks? I can't remember. Uh, Somebody took Liam Hendricks. We did. We did. Yep. Okay. We took Liam Hendricks in the fourth round. That means that he is going to cost a second round pick to keep in this league. So at some point in this draft, if Pete or I drafts Hendricks, we are drafting Hendricks either to keep him as a second round value or potentially to trade him to someone else who would keep him as a second round value. Or because at some point we're going to run out of spaces to keep valuable guys and we're going to be taking guys just to fill out our rosters because we've got 61 names here. There are a few names, for example. So there's a few names that can't be kept. Uh, anybody taken in the first two rounds, because the, the keeper cost in this league is two rounds higher than the player was acquired last year. For Fab players, that's a last round pick. For your first and second round picks, though, it means you can't keep them. There is no pick two rounds higher than a second or two rounds higher than a first. So, as much as we would like to take Mookie Betts or Ronald Acuna Jr., we can't. They were first round picks last year. They're they're. I guess at some point in this draft, somebody will take them, but there's no. There's no reason to. There's no need. So correct. Yeah. I, I will I will give away the bottom four names of my draft board in order are Ronald Acuña Jr., Manny Machado, Mookie Betts, and Walker Bueller, who was taken in the second round <laughs> and it therefore can't be capped. Wasn't so, us. Wasn't us. Yeah. As so you Pete know, but, because it's Chad, so. It's me. I yeah. And that is why he's last on my list cuz I'm just not a fan. <laughs> so Pete the one thing we didn't do was decide who is going to get that first pick. So here's what I'm going to do. I am pulling up a random number generator on my computer. I can make it generate a random number between one and two. Wow. Pretty that exciting. Sticks. Yeah. You can decide <laughs> if you think it's going to be one or two. So you can see, I'll oh. even show you. you can see it's, it's pulled up oh, right I here. It, it, I trust. It says chair. number one, <laughs> it says number one, I will click the generate button after you tell me if you think it'll switch to two or stay at one. Uh, okay, it's first pick, so I'm going to go with number one. All right, I'm going to push the button. Oh, it's switched to two. That's all. Right. So I'm going to get the first pick is what that means. I got a feeling I know who you're going to take. I, You know, I, I was so curious as I was doing this, how similar our draft boards would be. And I think there's a pretty clear cut first pick here. Yeah, there is. And that is Michael Harris, the second. Yep. Okay. I'm glad you agree, because I was going to be really confused if you didn't. <laughs> Harris, for what it's worth, was a, a guy we picked up as a fab pickup midseason. That means that he will cost a last round pick, a 28th round pick to keep his ADP at NFBC these days. Uh, I was looking at, at draft champions leagues in the last six weeks, his ADP is in about the third round. I, I, I converted it to round. So I actually don't know what his actual ADP is, but that's a, that's a pretty solid value there. So I, yeah, that was an easy choice for me. Um, although I'll be honest, I wasn't entirely sure if I wanted the first pick or the next two, because there's some guys here, but this, I, I do think it's going to very quickly get interesting to see if we have the same guys. So, with that, you can you can make your your two picks. Yeah, no, I will. Uh, I I just want to do a
2: little analysis on on the first overall pick there. You know, you're talking should I have had the first overall pick or the next two? And I think you you hit the nail on the head. I think there's a lot of separation between Harris yeah. Jr. and the field there. Um, and and it's worth reiterating again. As, uh, this is like becoming my thing. Chad is, is acknowledging the differences in head to head five by five versus Roto five by five. I, I, I don't mm-hmm. think those differences are are clear enough for people because the industry really embraces Roto. And we just think that applies to head to head and it's not the case. And with this actually being Roto stolen bases, right? Michael Harris, yeah. Jr. To get a last round pick with that, I think is, is, is huge. Um, so i going too far. This draft will take forever. Uh, right. this, I'm now <laughs> kind of in a tough spot. Like, All right. Uh, I I know one of my picks is going to be O'Neal Cruz for a 10th round pick. I'm going to be taking O'Neal Cruz. Interesting. Um, Yeah. He's the guy who everybody says broke stack cast and looking at early ADP data, um, O'Neal Cruz would still be a value for a 10th round pick. Um, Now, next year, is he going to be a value in an eighth round pick? Well, he's going to need to show a lot of strides this year, but I feel pretty good about Locking up a long term piece there in Cruz, like we yeah. just said with the stolen bases, and his
1: ADP, his ADP is going around the seventh round in those NFBC drafts. Yeah, if, yeah, if so you good. assume a twelve, it's draft champions isn't actually twelve teams. It's so sort of it's a little misleading, but he's going the equivalent of a seventh round pick in a twelve team league. So yeah, good with value this being there. A keeper, you know, he, he probably would go even earlier. And
2: uh, so yeah, I, I'm gonna actually go with. Uh, wow, this is tough because I, I I don't know if I could get this guy next. But I'm going to do it anyway. I really want him. Uh, Nick Lodolo for a last round pick there. Or a, uh, well, basically a fab pick. Um, I have him third on my board. It was, I'm not going to say the name to, to spoil the draft. But I'm really excited about um, Lodolo at that price. I think I'll,
1: he'll be a keeper for me for years. It's interesting you had him third on your board. I, I'll be honest. I did not have, I wouldn't have taken either of those guys as my next two picks. Don't tell me that, so Chad. I'm just, well, I, it's interesting because I think our, I'm, the guy I think I'm going to take, I was sure you were going to take this guy. Absolutely positive you were going to take this guy because I know you really like him. So I'm going to take him right now. That's Tyler now. Yeah. So now is going to cost me a 22nd round pick. His ADP is around the eighth round. And I was absolutely confident you would take him with one of your first. I, I knew you wouldn't take him first overall, but I was absolutely confident you'd take him one of the next two. So I'm I'm thrilled to get him. And now I'm really torn because the next two guys on my board. Are... I know who you're going to take. You love them too much. You can't help yourself. I know you're going to take them. I don't know. I don't. I I, lo- I love both of these guys, and I'm really, I'm really. But yeah,
2: That yeah, you do actually. Yes. They can I guess they both be, their last names both begin with the letter K. No. Oh, one of
1: them actually begins with one the letter of them G. Does. One of them begins with the letter G. Okay. Yeah. I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take the one with the letter. Gee, I think that's not a shocker. I'm well I'm looking at, so so here's now right now what I'm doing is I'm looking down my draft board, and one of the guys I was hoping to get another round or two later was O'Neil Cruz. Yeah. But you've already taken him. Oh yeah. And so right. I'm gonna take Andreas Jimenez and, and get thing. myself a middle infielder. Good. Since tip. I I yeah, I, I feel like I don't have as many good options there. Jimenez was another fab pickup. For us, So he will be a 28th round pick. Although now I've done two of those. So he'll be a 27th round pick for me. I'll have to give it my second to last pick. But his ADP uh, is going around the eighth round or eighth roundish value. So pr- pretty nice, pretty nice jump there. It's interesting though, because like Glass now is going to cost me five rounds higher than Jimenez. And their ADPs are very similar, but I like Glass now more. And so that's why I took yeah. him. I would, I that's why it was easier for me to take him there, but I'll take, I'll take Jimenez. It's a good pick. Uh, I had a feeling it was uh,
2: going to be one of these K guys, and I I might just go ahead and take both because a player that I might take, I'm pretty sure I could get next time around. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to take George Kirby for a last round pick, and I'm going to take Alejandro Kirk for an 18th round pick.
1: Yeah, I mean this time I can I, I can definitely tell you, uh, Kirby was. Almost gone three seconds ago <laughs> when I took Jimenez. <laughs> uh, he he was the guy who I was really torn between. Um, the top of my board is completely gone here. Yeah, that's uh, that is now. Let's see, you took Kirk. That's most of the top of my board. That is that is for sure. There's a there's a couple of guys still sort of hanging around. And Now I've got, I've got an interesting. Situation. So, a little more detail. Kirby again, Fab, last round pick. His ADP is around the ninth round. Kirk, we took in the twentieth, so he'll cost an eighteenth. But again, it's sort of a ninth round value. So it's just such a good catcher for for fantasy. So I I love that pick. Um, The next two guys on my board, man, I'm torn now. Now, now I don't. I don't even love that. I I don't know. I guess I'm nervous right now so nervous you're so nervous yeah
2: because well, i would have taken this player earlier but i didn't think you would do it
1: <laughs> i don't i don't even know who you're talking about this is so good. no, no i am like man i hope i get the right one um but I, i'm guessing it's this guy because he's a he's a pete guy i'm gonna take anthony santander Whew. okay no it's not him not not your guy okay Okay, well, I still have another pick here, so don't 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 get too excited. <laughs> uh, but Santander, another fab pickup we made. So he'll cost me now. Now I'm on my 26th round pick. Uh, his ADP is going around the 12th round, so he's not quite as um valuable as some of the other guys. But it, but he's such a good. I shouldn't say it. he's a great value when you think of sort of a surplus value, right? The cost versus what he's worth. But he's not quite as productive as the other guys that, that we're looking at. Um, and I think, man, I don't love the guys at the top of my board right now. And so I'm really struggling with what to do. And I think I am going to, I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) do. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to take another outfielder, which is, I don't love this pick, but I'm going to take Lars Newtbar. Newt Bar, another fab pickup for us. So I'm now spending like my 25th round pick or whatever on Newt Bar. He's, his ADPs are on the 17th round, but I think he's undervalued right now. Uh, and I think that he has a chance to really establish himself as a a long-term keeper in this format. So, yeah, my guess is I could have waited on Newt Bar, but, you know. you You could have, but I mean... He's a lefty that
2: hits lefties. He's in a great lineup if he has a job there, and he's he costs the cheapest to keep her cost. So he wasn't going to last much longer if he didn't take him there.
1: Yeah. So are you, are you going to now grab? There was someone you were really worried I was taking before I took Santander.
2: Yeah, I don't know why I was worried cuz this would have been very like different for you. Like this is not mm. a Chad pick, but I am going to take because this is a rotisserie league. I'm going to take Devin Williams who's going to cost me a 17th round pick to keep.
1: I uh full disclosure, he's right behind Newpar on my draft board. <sighs> okay. So I I was <laughs> the big the big debate in my mind was do I want to go make a play for a closer this early? And you're right. It's not my style to do that. And so I didn't. Yeah. But no, that would have been very different for you. He he was, he would have absolutely been my next pick if you hadn't taken him now. Interesting. Good to know. Um, I, I'm going to go
2: with, man, now I feel like, nah, I'm going to stick to my board here. I'm going to take Tristan McKenzie for a 14th round pick. That makes me sad just because, you know, Tristan's my boy. Yeah, um, I, thought he, I thought he would have been gone a while ago.
1: He's... So I actually have... He's not only the not the next guy on my board, he's not the next starting pitcher on my board. Yeah, I... I, I he was 1A for me, so I, I have a feeling I know who's who's your guy here. I don't know, because i am got... I've got a handful of, of pitchers that I had all in sort of a bunch. So... Let's see. So this gets interesting. The, the, the guy who... The two guys who buy ADP value, if I compare their cost to their ADP value, are the obvious most valuable picks. I don't really want to take either of them. <laughs> and <laughs> so I think I'm going to dip down my board a little further. And I I am going to take a closer. He's a closer who will be slightly more expensive for me than Williams was for you, but, and, and probably slightly less valuable, but that's David Bednar. Good pick. He is the next closer on my board. And I don't know, I, I don't love it, but it's, I think the right thing to do. So can I make do you it? feel better about David Bednar? Yeah.
2: Well, you're getting him for a 16th round pick. I took him with my fourth round pick in that gladiator league. Those gladiator leagues are it sounds like closers are just like he was the 13th, flying off the boards. He was the thirteenth or fourteenth closer off the board, and it was the fourth round.
1: Just absurd. Man. Yeah. Just absurd. All right. What am I gonna do next? Uh hmm. Am I gonna get real aggressive here? I'm gonna get real aggressive here. Love it. I'm gonna take Ezekiel Tovar. Ah, oh, <sighs> I thought I would be able to get him later. What a sneaky I, nice pick. He's he's a fab pick for us. So again, now, now I'm like he's gonna cost me like a twenty fourth round pick. So I'm using up all of the end of my draft here. Yeah, but he's been going at a at a twenty second round ADP. As you mentioned earlier when we were talking about like Harris Glass now guys like that like in a keeper format his ADP would be much higher. Um, I mean if you look at where some of these guys went last year like he'd be going, I mean, like a great example here is O'Neal Cruz. He was a 12th round pick last year. It's hard to believe that in a keeper format, Tovar wouldn't be in that range, maybe not 12th, but 15th, something like that. So for a last round pick, I'll take him. I'm, I, it's a little bit of a gamble because he needs to, he needs to produce, but if he produces, I'll be keeping him for years to come. For sure. So you put me in a spot here. Um,
2: I would like, I I know this is weird, but I guess this is kind of my approach with this now, where like I'm determined to make this team my own, right? Just like how Bloom wanted to make the Red Sox his own team. So he ruined them. Sure. I'm going to (laughs) ruin this organization by making it my own. And so in the draft, that's where I want to do this. Because, you know, only half of these players I drafted. So I really want to get my closers out of the way. So I am actually going to take Camelio Duvall for a 12th there. Which is a little bold, I guess, but now I can go into the draft knowing I got saves. I'm good. I got Devin Williams. I got Camelio Duvall. I'm I'm chilling there. Um, and then it's really between a few starting pitchers. And I'm gonna go ahead and go with the one that I just think is the most talented, and I'm gonna take Luis Severino. Now, Severino is also for a 14th round pick, Chad. So, um, can you remind the listeners of the rules for that? Because I've got yeah, if you've already used up
1: yeah, if you've already used up a pick, either you traded it or you kept another guy who has the same cost. It bumps up around, so -hmm. you're gonna spend a 13th round pick on on one of those guys. And Um, is it up to me? I think it is. I think actually, I'm realizing now one of the things we didn't sort of spell out in the rules, which we will need to do, is if you have like four guys who cost last round picks, and you push them up. When it comes to next year's keeper cost, what do they do? They move up to from what they were supposed to cost or what they actually ended up costing you? And I think it's the latter. And if it's the latter, then we have to allow you to say. This is how I'm this is what I'm giving up for this guy. So, yeah, that's a That's a good point. And now something we'll have to broach with the rest of the league. Hopefully they're all listening right now. Although and this isn't going to air agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah, this isn't going to air for a little while. So but chances are we'll bring it up with everyone before this actually airs. And so this may be completely outdated by then. But yeah, that's OK. <laughs> Anyways, we are, uh, Pete, we're supposed to take two ad breaks starting now. So let's take our first one right now and we'll come back and I'll pick up with my next two picks. All right. Welcome back. We have gone through the first 15 picks in our dispersal draft. Now I get picks number 16 and 17 and I was already sort of annoyed with, with what was out there. And so I'm going to only just be get more and more annoyed as we go. Um, so the the pick I'm going to take now is I'm going to take. Oh, I don't want to take that guy. <laughs> I'm probably going to take two starting pitchers here. Ah, damn it. I bet the and top I'm debating. Two of well, they might not be because I've got three or four. I have 4 I'm considering. And two of them are not particularly inexpensive but are really good and two of them are more inexpensive but I don't know, I'm not as big a fan of them. Ah. Uh, I'm going to take Man. I'm going to take Framber Valdez. Good pick. Fran Valdez is going to cost me an 11th round pick. He's like an 8th round value. He's also just so steady. Like, you know, you're going to get good results from him every time out. And I love being able to plug that into my lineup, especially in a weekly league where I can just, you know, play him and forget him. Plug and play. Yeah. And then. Uh. All right. Now, this is this is an interesting one because I'm going to take Joe Ryan and I'm going to, I think I'm just going to let you make your pick before I comment on Ryan too much because sure. I think there's sort of an interesting comparison here that gets into sort of a rules thing that I think is interesting. And I'm huh. sort of betting you're going to take the guy I'm thinking of, so I'm going to let you make your pick, and then we can talk.
2: All right, let's do it. So uh, I'm going to take Tony Gonsolin then, um, and I was very <laughs>
1: excited when you We're did to not Team say me up for this thing. conversation. Yeah, that was perfect. <laughs> That's exactly what I wanted you to do. I,
2: I'm, I'm sure it was. Um, I see no reason not to. At this point, I'm a little surprised he lasted this long. He was Agreed. he was pretty high on my board, but um,
1: yeah. So tell me what what's the deal there with Ryan versus Gonsolin? So so this here's the thing, Joe Ryan is going, his ADP in those drafts, those NFBC drafts, is around a 12th round pick. Gonsolin's is around a 15th round pick. So Ryan's going a little bit earlier. In our format, Ryan is going to cost me a 19th. Gonsolin costs a a last round pick. But as I've noted numerous times, I've taken like five other guys who cost a last round pick. (laughs) So at this point, the difference in cost between the two of them is like two or three rounds. It's not the seven rounds it looks, or nine rounds it looks like, right? It should be a nine round difference. Instead, it's going to be like a two round difference, maybe even less. I'd have to actually look, if, if I if I just look at the, the picks I've given up, I've given up my 28th, 27th, 26th, 25th, 24th, and my 22nd, So he's going to cost me my 20. So Gonsolin would have cost me my 23rd. And Ryan's going to cost me my 19th. Their values are about three rounds apart. So in theory, being four rounds apart is worse. But there's a couple of things that could happen here. One is I could still end up taking another guy who cost me a last round pick, which would push me up even further and drop that cost difference even less. The other is I'd rather take... I will give up a four round higher pick for a player who's three rounds more valuable, right? Because there's, there is more value in getting those more valuable players. So I'm okay with a slightly lower, let's call it surplus on Ryan than Gonsolin because I think Ryan is a better pitcher. I'd rather have him. So, yeah. No, I, I, I totally
2: follow the logic there. I do like Joe Ryan probably a little bit more than Tony Gonslin, who really fell off in the second half with injuries, and he was outperforming a lot of the underlying ERA estimators and stuff like that anyway. So I totally get that. I was still excited given the cost for me. I only have two players at this point, Lodolo, uh, Lodolo and George Kirby, who cost last round picks. So Gonslin's going to be a little bit cheaper for me than he, he would have been for you.
1: Yeah. The Um, other thing to note right now before you make your next pick is we've now made 18 picks, which means we've each made nine, which means that in theory, this is it. These are the nine guys we're each going to keep. Now, at least for me, as I'm looking at this draft, and I'm curious to know sort of what you're thinking at this point, but I'm thinking two things with these additional picks. One is who knows what might happen in the next two months, three months. I guess more like two months before we have to make decisions, but like guys could get traded, guys could get signed, guys could get, you know, new roles, whatever. So there's things that could happen. The other is we have, we're going to have trading open in this league. And so, like right now, I'm pretty confident that Joe Ryan will be one of my keepers, but maybe he won't be, right? Maybe somebody will make an offer to me for Joe Ryan that I'm like, yeah, I'll take that. And then, whoever i take next moves into a keeper spot for me. So, i'm still these I'm still sort of poking around at, at either guys i could trade or guys who i'd be happy to slide into a keeper role or guys who i think something might solidify their value for me. That's where my mind is.
2: Yep, Nope. i uh, i was going to say the same thing. Like these these look like these are my nine guys to be honest with you. If you took Gonzalo in there, and and for whatever reason Joe Ryan wasn't on the board like this is a this is a mark for me like I I think I would only be keeping eight at this point in time if I wasn't able to get Tony Gonsolin with that pick let me put it that way so if everything else so you
1: same. wouldn't have kept Joe Ryan
2: no I'm saying if Joe Ryan was off the board like if, oh, if all all the names that are off the board are off the board then like this pick I, probably not a keeper okay. so with that in mind I'm gonna kind of go name value here uh, combined with like maybe a, a one round discount um, mm-hmm. and take Zach Allen. Um, who if anything happens to any of my other keepers, you know, I have, I have basically now my best player, uh, waiting to fill in, uh, which I'll, I'll gladly take.
1: Yeah. Uh, Gallon would have been near the top of my list for this, this round as well, but you took him. So I'm going to take, this is, this is the things could happen to change this guy's value. Um, I'm going to take a guy in the hopes that the Reds just announce that he's the closer. That's yeah. Alexis Diaz. Yep. So right now he's another fab guy, so he's going to cost me like, you know, whatever that, whatever that leads to now, 23rd round pick or something like that. Um his ADP is around the 12th round. Like he's going after, certainly after like Duvall and Bednar um and Williams, who we, we took earlier. But if he suddenly is just the closer. I think his value jumps and I may have to reconsider where he fits in my list because he might turn into a keeper for me. But right now, you know, we'll see. Um, And now I've got to make a second pick and I'm going to do something similar to what you did with gallon, which is I'm going to take, I don't know, having Harris, maybe this is my second best player, not my best player on my roster, but he's he's near the top. There's probably about a one round discount in in his cost if I ended up keeping him for some reason, and it's gonna it's gonna drive you crazy because I know you like this guy more than me, but I'm gonna take Jazz Chisholm Jr.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you're gonna I thought you're gonna say somebody else. So
1: oh, somebody who I know you another player I know you don't like. So, <laughs> but I, I think I mean Jazz is a a fifth round cost here and that's you know a slight discount he's probably you know fourth round pick is what it seems based on adp and yeah probably not going to keep him but maybe somebody else wants to keep him in a trade or you know maybe some other things happen he ends up moving up my list chances are he's just trade fodder for me if anything yeah no that that makes sense i mean it's it's roto steals are pushed up for me
2: so uh i'm sure jazz was coming off the board Sooner, if not later. Um, I'm going to take another kind of value starting pitcher. I I, I guess, again, probably like a round here. Um, and it's a player that I, I know Chad does not like. And that is you, Darvish, uh, who's going to cost me a seventh. Um, and I'm going to go with uh, an infielder that you and I both liked going into last year. I think he was part of um, when we were on on the wires post- pick 300 draft. And that was uh Bryson Stott who in the second half, you know, kind of, kind of quiet in that second half there. 106 WRC plus it was a high BABIP, but um, he was much better in the second half when he, when he got a second taste and kind of got more consistent playing time. So Bryson Stott last round pick.
1: I had already put your name on Bryson Stott before <laughs> you started those two picks. So I was like, he's going to take him here. He makes a ton of sense. Um, and, and Stott, I actually, I debated between Stott and Jazz because I think Stott's the better keeper value, um, but probably has less trade value, I think. Mm, probably. I don't know. Um, but I like Stott and I think, you know, I think people are forgetting about him because he lost his job to Trey Turner, but he's going to just slide over to second base and, and play a huge role. So, oh yeah. um, so with that, I've got two more picks. Oh, what to do? What to do? So, when well, I guess I should mention, Stott's going to cost you your last round pick. His ADP is around the 19th round. Darvish, who's going to cost you, as you said, a seventh, that's basically his ADP. So he's, he's, there's no huge discount there. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a half a round or something. Um, so now I'm debating do I want, you know, Players I'm excited about who have a multi who have like a one round discount, if anything, or players I'm not excited about who I don't don't like anything here. So I'm going to take Trey Mancini (laughs) because he's the top guy left on my board. So I might as well just trust whatever I was thinking when I made my board. He is another guy who would cost me theoretically a last round pick, but his ADP is a 23rd. So this is absolutely a guy I could see trading because he's going to cost me like a 22nd round pick if I keep him. But to a team that doesn't have a lot of keepers or whose keepers are high value and, you know, towards the top of the draft, Mancini has trade has keeper value. He's he's coming at a five-round discount. It's not a ton, but for a team that needs an eighth keeper or a ninth keeper, there's really no reason they shouldn't be willing to trade me like a late-round pick. And if I can pick up a late-round pick, that's another thing, I guess, I don't know if we've really talked about the rules. If I traded for an extra 26th-round pick or something, I can give that up to keep a guy, right? I don't see why not. Yeah. Yeah. So we should confirm that. But like, there's some things I could do with, with him as a trade piece. I think that, that make him worthwhile. So I'm taking Mancini. Was that my first or my second pick here? Now I can't remember what I was doing. I think think it was my first. That's the 24th pick overall. So I've got one more. I got to take the 25th pick and my 25th pick or the 25th pick will be. Oh boy. Um, (laughs) I'm going to do something sort of similar here and go with Juan Pez, who another fab guy would cost me a 28th round pick. His ADP is only like the 25th round. Um, again, maybe somebody's like, eh, I don't have a last keeper anyways, so I'll give up a 28th round pick to keep him. Maybe. I don't know. That's yeah, what I'm uh, looking at. Uh,
2: I guess it's it could be a throw-in and a bigger deal. You know, maybe he sweetens the pot a little bit. That's that, that, that's looking at the board. That's really all we got we got going on here. That's left. Um, yeah. In that very same vein, uh, I'm going to take a guy who's currently buried on a depth chart pretty deeply. Um, but that's Brett Beatty um, in case he is sent packing for you know Liam Hendricks or something like that. Maybe he all of a sudden can get some play time at Chicago or wherever he ends up. Um, and if he does get traded and somebody's a big Brett Beatty fan, well, he's, he's a fab cost. And then the other guy I'm going to take here is I just had it. Uh, Patrick Sandoval um, for a 13th round pick, which if I had to guess is actually probably no value at all. That might be a negative value, but he's a player that I like and maybe somebody else does
1: too. Yeah, I mean Sandoval. I think that's right. Is a negative. I'm looking for him on my list here. Um, yeah, I mean he he'd cost you a 13th. His ADP is around the 18th. Wow, so um, really, Jesus. Yeah, interestingly, Beatty also like he, his ADP is like a 33rd round pick. Now that's not keeper format, so he'd be more valuable in a keeper format. But he's a gr- he is a great example of like if he gets traded. Tomorrow, for like, I don't know, Chris Bryant and ends up in Coors, or if he gets traded as part of a Liam Hendricks deal and ends up in in whatever that guaranteed rate I think is what that stadium's called these yep. days, um, he's going to jump in, in draft value, right? For, for sure, if if it looks like he's going to have a, a a place to play, it's going to make a big difference. So I like that. Um, so as I think about guys who might jump in value, get a new place to play. I don't really see anyone else who sort of fits that bill. And so I'm just, I don't know. There, There's really nothing exciting less. So I, I'm going to take Riley Green, who would cost me a 17th round pick, which is basically what his ADP is. And I'm going to take Carlos Carrasco, who would cost me a, well, he'd cost me like a 20th round pick. He's another fab guy. His ADP is like twenty seventh round, so you know there's there's no real value there. But got to take somebody. There's value in our hearts for for that. And I I, I do like Cookie.
2: Yeah. So. Well, everybody does, right? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna take. I think the last potential value. I mean, there's no value left, but Hunter Renfro. <laughs> um, yeah. New place. He was next play. on my board. Yeah, and uh, you know, outfield so thin. This is a five outfield. Is it a five? I should know that, but now I'm I think myself. it is, yeah. Yeah, five outfield. Um, he could be a little useful there. Uh not that he's going to end up on my team. And uh, I'm just going to raise the spirits <laughs> of the Red Sox. I'm going to take Jaron Duran just to just as like a morale boost for the Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs> and they could they could use a morale boost, I guess. So, uh yeah, they could. So, for a 23rd round pick, I could opt to keep Jaron Duran.
1: Ooh, I got decisions to make now. <laughs> uh, all right, well, keep keep powering through this. I'm going to take. Uh, fine, I'll take Jose Arcidi. He's he would cost a twenty first round pick, which I think at this point, because all the last round guys I'd be taking would actually be like a eighteenth round pick for me. His ADP is in the twenty third round, so he doesn't have any value to me and he doesn't really have any value as a trade piece, but you know, he's on my team now. So that's fun. There you uh, go. And, and <laughs> I will take at this point, I'm just going right down my, my board. The next guy on my board is Brandon Marsh. Uh, he was picked up in the 22nd round last year. So he'd be a 20th round cost. He's going in the 23rd round this year. Um, you know, fine. There we go. I took Brandon Marsh. All right. Um, I'll take Alec Thomas and Rowan
2: Wick. Maybe Rowan Wick once again finds himself competing for saves on the Cubs. I doubt it, but you never know. And uh, Alec Thomas, once highly touted prospect and just disastrous debut. Just absolutely disastrous last year.
1: Yeah, so Thomas is like the 34th pick. I'm trying to keep up here. And Rowan Wick will be the 35th pick. So we've still got we still have a lot of a lot of guys left to draft here. What's interesting is we obviously, you know, we saw said at the beginning the first and second round picks can't be kept. Um, so there's no sense in drafting them in earlier. We have yet to take anybody who is drafted in the first six rounds. And we have only taken three players so far who were drafted in the first ten rounds. And they were all taken after we were sort of done with our keepers. Those are Zach Gallen, who was taken in the 10th. you Darvish taken in the 9th. And Jazz Chisholm Jr. taken in the 7th. So it's interesting that it's, it's the top of the draft from last year that's still sitting out there waiting to be picked up this year. Um, oh, and as a nice segue, the guy at the top of my draft board right now is Will Smith, who we took for the fit in the 5th last year. We didn't take him. The other team took him in the fifth last year. He is still costing a fifth this year. So not much to be excited about, but fine. Smith and then Giancarlo Stanton, who we took in the eighth last year. He's going in the 13th this year. So that didn't work out so well. But yeah, that's the, those are my two picks.
2: Nice. Um, I'll go with. Trevor story to continue to rise the spirits of the Red Sox here. He was one. It's worth noting. He was once a first round player in fantasy. If you've not been playing that long, really wasn't that long ago, but Trevor story was a first round pick, then a second round pick, and he just continues to go down. Um, He would cost a second round pick to keep. So that almost definitely will not be happening, but he's returned that value before. And uh, I'll think Matt Olson, I think, if uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. can go in the first round that Matt Olson could and has before post seasons that look like Vlad Guerrero Jr. seasons. So you know what? Sure. Matt Olson. Add some star power to the squad here.
1: Yeah. And we are now at a point we should take our second ad break. So we'll do that. We'll be right back to, to sort of wrap up the bottom part of this draft. All right. Welcome back. And we are we are now 41 picks into this thing. We theoretically have 20 more to go. Uh, I'm going to take Gavin Lux who was picked in the 17th last year. He's going in the 21st this year. So no value there. And then I'm going to skip that guy. I'll take Joey Bart. Uh, Sure. (laughs) Once highly touted prospect, Joey Bart. Yeah. So Lux and Bart. um, I mean, we are, we are now at a point where it's like, it's not about trade value. It's not, it's just, These are just players who exist and therefore need to be taken. So I I propose, do we want to just split these guys
2: kind of every other starting from the top? Because I'd be curious to hear from you, Chad, if we get through these players, like who were one or two names that you took after our ninth choice that you think could enter that top nine discussion?
1: If we're doing just sort of a split it up, and then we can we can discuss a little bit, you would get you have the next two, so you're going to get Betts and Acuna. Oh, I like this. I'm going to get I'm going to get Walker Bueller <laughs> and Manny Machado. Fair trade. Uh, you're going to get Wander Franco and Liam Hendricks. God, this is way better for you than it is for me. <laughs> I'm going to get Byron. <laughs> I'm going to get Byron Buxton and Cattell Marte. <sighs> You're gonna get Jonathan India. Uh yeah. And Jack Flaherty. I'm gonna get Adalberto Mondesi and Shane Boz, who, of course, isn't gonna pitch. <laughs>
2: so that's awesome. Unless he's super um, good.
1: Um you're gonna get Spencer Torkelson. That's deserved. And Fran Mul Reyes. All right, you're getting your you're getting your weak part now. It's about time. <laughs> I'm gonna get Giovanni Gallegos, who guess could have value maybe if he's closing uh, and Alex Karoloff I still like Karoloff but not for this uh, you're going to get Adam Duvall and Patrick Wisdom I, I'm going to get Tyrone Taylor and Paven Smith and I think that's it we're done Beautiful. So that's, that's the full list so your question to me was who is someone that I took after our first 18 total picks, all right, so my first nine picks were Michael Harris II, Tyler Glasnow, Andres Menez, Anthony Santander, Lars Newbar, David Bednar, Ezekiel Tovar, Framber Valdez, and Joe Ryan. So your question to me was, who did I take after that that I could see sneaking their way into a keeper spot? The guys I took after that I mean, the, the, the end of the draft, forgetting the guys we split up, the guys towards the end that I took were um, Joey Bark, Gavin Lux, Giancarlo Stanton. Like, those guys are, there's just no way. Brandon Marsh doesn't really make sense for me. Jose Architi, no. Carlos Carrasco, sort of interesting. It's sort of a face value keeper, but I've kept so many last round guys that he doesn't work for me. Riley Green, ah, uh, I wish he was worth keeping at the 19th round pick, but that's not happening. Yepes, Mancini, Jazz, and... I mean, I think the answer is Alexis Diaz, which is sort of a a boring answer since he was my 10th pick, to say like, oh, if I have to keep one of the guys other than my top nine, I would keep (laughs) the guy who's 10th. But again, you know, the Reds basically just announced today, right? they signed Will Myers today. And there were some questions about like, oh, could you make other additions, blah, blah. blah. And they were like, eh, no. It was basically what they said. <laughs> I think they said it in, in nicer words, but basically it was, no, we, we can't. It's like, okay, you can't. Well, that means their closer is somebody in the organization today. And the Reds' 40-man roster, let's pull up their 40-man right now, and... The pitchers on their 40-man, TJ Antone, interesting, but I don't think he's going to be their closer. Graham Ashcroft, Luis Sessa, Fernando Cruz, Alexis Diaz, Justin Dunn, Buck Farmer, Ian Jabot, Hunter Green, who's going to be a starter, Vladimir Gutierrez, who I think is still a starter, Ricky Karcher, who is definitely a pitcher on the Reds' 40-man roster that I've not heard of, uh, Joel Kunell, Casey Legumina, Nick Lodolo. Connor Overton, Lyon Richardson, Reaver San Martin, Tony Santian, Lucas Sims, Levi Stout, and Brandon Williamson. So like Sims, Santian, maybe Reaver San Martin finds something, but like Diaz is sort of the obvious guy to take that role. And if it becomes more clear that he's taking that role, then I think he moves from being, I, I don't know where he moves up on my list but he becomes a pretty intriguing keeper at a last round cost. If he's a, a a closer. Yeah, no,
2: I I think I would have the same answer looking at your roster. Um, especially again, it's worth repeating. This is a rotisserie. League. If this was head to head, honestly, I probably wouldn't. I think I'd, I'd rather just take the, well, it doesn't, it doesn't even matter if you take the pick because it's just a fab pick, but I, I'd, I'd consider just taking a hitter. Um, but with this being yeah. a rotor league, I want to lock down my saves. Looking at my roster, I think it it would kind of be like a, a a strategic keeper decision, as opposed to like a player doing something or a role change or something like that that could happen with Diaz, where you know it's it's clear he's the closer. For me, it would probably be Bryson Stop because of his cost. Where if I decide, you know what, there's so many names up top that I want, maybe I see if I can get Cruz back in the draft. I'm not going to keep him. I'm going to take that 10th round pick and. At the end, I'll just take Bryson Stott because I'm getting a couple rounds of value there. I think that would be the change. I think Stott would be the next guy up. Gallon for an eighth round pick would be tempting, but not really tempting enough. So for me, it would have to be, I just want an extra pick early, which I don't know if that's going to be the case because I'm going to have my first through ninth round picks now.
1: Yeah, and I, I also think the other guy, we, we talked about it before, was is, is Brett Beatty. Right? If Brett Beatty gets traded somewhere and looks like he's going to be a starter, his draft value is going to jump. And sure. you'll have a decision to make on how does he compare to someone towards how does he compare to someone towards the bottom of your keeper list, perhaps. So, mm-hmm. um, that I think that'll be the interesting choice for you. Looking at your list, you took one, two, three, four, five starters, two relievers, a catcher, and a shortstop in your your nine first picks. If we just focus on those, my nine, I took, let's see one. I took three outfielders, two middle infielders, three starting pitchers and a reliever. So I went, I, I guess this is as expected for the <laughs> two of us, that I, I went with just four total pitchers, five bats. You went with only two bats and seven pitchers. You really locked down your bullpen. I, I very much did not. I mean, I, I like Bednar, but it's you know it's hard to say I've even got a, a top ten closer saved mm-hmm. up here, right? Um But my outfield, uh Harris, Santander, and Nubar is a pretty good start, especially in a five outfielder league with Jimenez and Tovar. What I really like about Jimenez and Tovar is I can still I can still afford to use draft capital on middle infield. Um, especially because Jimenez qualifies at both second and short. And so I can move him around if needed. And if I end up spending early picks on middle infielders, because the way the draft falls, that's like the right thing for me to do. The fact that I've used up two of my last picks also on middle infielders isn't a problem. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm pretty okay with that. Uh, I do think if I look at these, these picks, the, the draft picks I'm giving up to keep all these guys are, 28th, 27th, 26th, 25th, 24th, 22nd, 19th, 16th and 11th. Um and so I'm I'm not giving up any of my first 10 picks. I'm giving up basically just picks in my my 20s. There's only a few even in the teens. And this is this is where Alexis Diaz. If I become confident he's the closer. Maybe I keep him over Framber Valdez, who's going to cost me that eleventh round pick. And all of a sudden the earliest pick I'm giving up is the sixteenth for David Bednar. And that's that's, that's not a bad place to be. And then I've got two closers at that point. And I I'm I'm well, feeling good point, about that. It? So that's Yeah, no, that's what I was just
2: going to say, especially the part about if you already had two closers locked up and you're still not giving up a pick until the 16th. So none of those first or 15th round picks needed to even go towards a reliever. I mean, that's that's just open season on whatever you want. That's huge. Yeah. Um, Like you're saying, I kind of took a a different approach there. Um, I was I was just, you know, you brought up. I ended up with seven of nine or pitchers one way or another reliever or starter. And I can tell you that really wasn't intentional it was all just about value and how much I loved the talent. Um, like sure. I'm a, I'm a big believer in Tristan McKenzie. I'm a big believer in Luis Severino. You know, I could see those guys going for much higher next year. So even at, at a price point of 12th and then a year later of 10th round picks, I still feel like I'm going to be getting value there.
1: Um, so well, you're yeah, you the start th- of a rotation here with the Kirby, McKenzie, Severino, and I think Gonsolin is your ninth pick, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. That is a that's a solid rotation right off the bat. And that's before you potentially use a first, second, third round pick on an ace if you want. Right. So it's a I think you're in a pretty good place from the pitching standpoint. You're just going to have work to do on the hitting for sure, which is uh, it's looking like going into this year. It's not looking like
2: that's a fun thing to need. It does not look like it's going to be fun to need hitting.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Um, so looking at this, is there anybody, let's just look at the guys that we neither of us took, that we split up. Is there anybody from this group who you think there's any chance could sneak into your keepers or someone else's keepers? So Bets and Acuna can't sneak into a keeper. Wander Franco for a first round pick, probably not. Liam Hendricks for a second round pick, probably not. Um, Jonathan India for a fourth Jack Flaherty for a fifth Spencer Torkelson for an eighth becomes interesting like he went for a 10th last year and yes he's going much later in redraft right now but he's going to go higher in keeper than he does in redraft I don't know if he goes higher enough to justify an eighth round pick though no Fran Reyes, Adam Duvall, Patrick Wisdom doesn't really seem like any of those guys are making any leaps. If yeah, I look at I my guys that we split, I mean, Walker Bueller is hurt. Can't be capped. Machado can't be capped. I I don't think anyone's giving up a third for Buxton. Even if Buxton comes out and is like, I'm in the best shape of my life. No one's going to be right. It. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, a- along the lines of, even if somebody says they're in the best shape of her life, I've got Buxton, catal Marte, Adalberto Mondesi and Shane Boz is the next few guys. So <laughs> Uh, I don't think there's anything that could happen to any of those guys to change their value. Maybe, I mean, Giovanni Gallegos, he would cost a 10th round pick to keep. If the Cardinals, you know, they decide, look, we're good with Helsley at the back and we are going to trade Gallegos or vice versa. They decide they're good with Gallegos and trade Helsley. And he becomes a clear cut closer. A 10th round value on Gallegos in theory, could be something. Yeah, I think it's extremely unlikely. I was actually going to say, I think of all
2: those names, a reliever is actually the answer to this question of like, could any of these guys that got split up be the the answer here? And I, I think Liam Hendricks might actually be it, where if the Yankees get involved and acquire Liam Hendricks and say Liam Hendricks is the closer of one of the best teams in baseball, you know, he wasn't as dominant last year as he's been in the past but he was still really really damn good and we just continue to see saves get pushed up draft boards and so if people look around like oh man Chad's keeping David Bednar and Alexis Diaz and Pete's keeping Duvall and uh, Devin Williams like where are the saves going to come from maybe somebody does say you know what I'll give up my second round pick to lock down one of the premier closers in the game so I think he is actually the only answer here
1: no, that's fair. I mean, I think you're right. And I think it's a, it's a good reminder that is, you know, in any keeper league, when you're looking at your keepers right now and you start to talk about offseason trades and stuff like that. And like, if I'm looking at my team right now, I, like if somebody out there is like, yeah, I definitely would keep Joe Ryan, Well, Ryan's my ninth keeper. If someone out there was like, I definitely would keep Trey Mancini. Right? He's going to cost me a 27th round pick. You know, he, He'll cost a 28th round pick. That team's maybe keeping a couple other late guys. Cost a 26. They think he's worth it. Fine. There's nothing that's going to happen to Trey Mancini. I, we don't even know where he's playing next year, right. but there's nowhere he's going to sign or no situation he's going to go into that's going to bump him into my top nine. That isn't true, as I said, for Alexis Diaz. It isn't true, in theory, for Giovanni Gallegos, if, if Gallegos gets moved to the right situation. Right. So looking at that, like it's worth keeping in mind as you're making these trades that differentiating for yourself, who are the guys who maybe could jump into my keeper list. And therefore in a trade, I need to make sure I get something useful for them versus guys who like, not only are they outside your top nine, but they are like, there's no path, right? If somebody wants Mancini, they can have them. Um, Everyone in this league is theoretically a listener of this podcast. They just heard me say that once this airs in (laughs) 10 days, hit me up with trade offers because Trey Mancini can be yours for the low, low cost of literally whatever you're willing to give me. (laughs) Um, But if you start coming after, you know, Diaz who as I said, is outside my keepers right now, I'm going to be a little bit more hesitant on that. I want some flex to maybe hold on to him. Um, So it's a, just a thing also to keep about like there's also yeah, incentive
2: on. for you to 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 let Diaz go back into the draft rather than trade him because there's there's thirty guys not not exactly right because there's teams like the Rays but there's thirty guys who have closers jobs in the MLB and so if you're like I'm not going to keep Diaz so maybe I can get something for him well as dumb as it sounds is it better to let Diaz go into the draft so there's just one more closer so you can maybe get that category. Or is it better to just take what you can get? And I think in certain circumstances, very rarely, but in certain ones like this, it might just be better to let him go back into the draft.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's fair. And I think that's true for a guy like the guy I took right after Diaz was Jazz Chisholm. Like if I decide I want Jazz or I said I I kept I've got a couple of middle infielders in my top nine already. Like somebody wants to trade me for Jazz because they're like, hey, it's a one round discount on him. I'll take a one round discount on him. I may be better off throwing him back and being willing to pick him up at full cost, mm-hmm. but you know, we'll have to see how that plays out. So anything else from this, any, any thoughts? And like, do this make you think differently about things? Does this change your, your thoughts on, on how you're keeping players having gone through this exercise? I think I, I went
2: about it. So, I mean, like you and I've been playing keeper leagues a long time i and playing keeper leagues for, I'm, I'm going to be approaching two decades soon of, of doing this. And, I'm always going for just just value. Um, what What's the best value I can keep and what's going to what's going to make the draft easiest for me? No attachment to players, no attachment for, to teams, which sounds like that should always be the case, but it's not always the case. Um, and that's why I ended up with seven of my nine keepers are pitchers. And I think. Certainly, I, I'd i listen to a case of like, that's not a good thing. You want more balance in your keepers. But I, that just tells me, OK, now I got to use a lot of my picks on hitters. And as long as they're good picks and those pitchers I have are out of value, that's what I'm looking for. Get value out of your keepers.
1: Yeah, and no, I, I completely agree with that. And I think um, like even when I said, oh, I've got these, you know, I've got a couple of, uh, what did I say, middle infielders. I've got these couple of middle infielders. And so... I can, you know, they're not costing me much. I could still pick up a middle infielder late. Like, this is fine, whatever. Like, that wasn't something that was strategized. It wasn't something that I, like, thought deeply about during the draft. It was just, like, that's a retrospect thing. Right. The only point during the draft where that came up was when I was early on and I was debating between a couple of picks. And I was like, eh, I could see taking, I think I even said it with, with Tovar that like I was hoping to get O'Neal Cruz later mm-hmm. you took him very early and so I was like eh, I'll take Tovar now like he's the other young exciting shortstop and like maybe I'll take him a little earlier than I otherwise would have in order to grab him but in general I I went I went more or less down my draft board when I jumped on my draft board at all it was like oh I'm gonna jump two guys because like there's a you know Four of my next five guys are pitchers, and so I'm gonna take the guy who's not a pitcher and wait for the other two. Like, you know, and I that totally
2: know. makes sense. That's that's any kind of drafting 101 as sure. well, right? Yeah. Right. If I can get this later, I'll take it later, I'll get the thing I can't.
1: Value piece, it wasn't ever like I intend to have five bats and four arms, or I intend to take at least three starters and one reliever. Like none of that. That 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 didn't factor in for me when I made my draft board, and then I sort of stuck to my draft board. So yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. I hope this was interesting and and useful. Uh, I found it interesting and useful, but that's because I now have to decide which of these guys I'm keeping. So um, with that, this should be just so everyone knows we are recording this on Thursday, December 22nd. So if we said something silly, like we have no idea where Trey Mancini is going to play. And by the time (laughs) this airs, we do. That's why this isn't going to air until January 2nd, but we're both going to be busy with the holidays, I'm finishing up Hanukkah and getting ready for Christmas. You got Christmas stuff around the corner we Got New Year's. We got some travel coming up. Uh, and so you'll hear this on the second. And then we'll be back with you on the 16th of January, back into our uh, our top 10s for all the positions. I think we got middle infield coming next, maybe. That sounds right to me. Does that sound right? Yeah. So have a good Christmas. Hope you had, By this point, hope you had a good Christmas. Hope you had a good New Year's. Hope you had a good holiday season.